question I have in my mind as we continue in just our series of, of asking all these questions. And the question is this, why should we care about missions? Why should we care about missions? And that's the title of the message today, but that's also the question that I think we need to answer today that's so valuable. So why should I care about missions? And as you write that down, I also want you to look up Romans 10 with me. Romans chapter 10, and we're going to be in verses 11 to 15. Romans chapter 10, verses 11 to 15. And I want us to think about that question of why should I care about missions? Why should I care about the kingdom of God? Why should I care about the mission of God? And you see, my hope is that we leave here today with a passion for the kingdom of God and a passion for his mission. And and also, I hope that we leave here today wanting to take action steps and wanting to participate in the mission of God and the kingdom of God. And so when we think about this question, I think we have to define something first. What is mission? What is missions? Like, how would you define missions? How would you define that word mission? Because it's such a broad word that we're like, okay, what, what does this even mean? What is this even defined as? Because some people will look at us or look at me and go, okay, is missions like that thing that you do, like when you go across the ocean or you go to another country? Is like, is that what missions is? It's like, well, that's, that's part of it, but no, not really. Or is missions this thing where like you, you talk to people who look differently than you or speak differently than you? Like, is that missions? I, I mean, sure, I mean, it's part of it, but that's not the whole thing, no. But when we look at missions or the word mission, it's interesting because the word mission and the word missions is actually two different things. And so I want to give you these two definitions real quick. So when we talk about the word mission, mission is God's initiative to reach the sinful, lost, fallen humanity. So when we look at the word mission, that's God's initiative to reach the sinful, lost, and fallen humanity. And then you add an S at the end, missions, That can be defined surely as our participation in God's initiative in every context for all of life. Okay, so missions with the S is our participation in God's initiative to reach the lost, the sinful, the fallen humanity in every context for all of life. And so with that in mind, if we're, if we're all together in Romans chapter 10, verses 11 to 15, I want to go ahead and start reading this because this is going to give us an awesome answer to that question of why should I care about missions. So in Romans chapter 10, verses 11 all the way to 15, it says this. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You see, the first point that we have today is that missions is a lifelong assignment. Missions is a lifelong assignment. That's the first point for us. 
Missions is a lifelong assignment because we are supposed to be participating in God's initiative for all of our life. And if you're sitting here like this morning and, and you're someone who has put your faith and trust in Jesus, I, I think we are the people that can say, man, how, how beautiful are the feet. How beautiful are the feet of, of the person that shared the gospel with us? How beautiful are the feet of, of the person who took the time to share this amazing grace of God and how there's only one way to salvation and that's only through Christ. Like how beautiful is the effort? How beautiful are the feet of that person? And, and I don't know if you have that person in your mind right now, um, but today would be probably a great day to text them and say, hey, thank you so much. Like, your feet are beautiful. Like, thank you so much for sharing the gospel with me. You're amazing. And so as we think about missions, and missions is us participating in God's initiative, well, there's a couple of things that I think is so valuable for us in order to understand. You see, it's God's work. It's God's ministry. It's God's lordship. It's his mission. And we're the ones who just get to join him in what he's doing. And so before we even get to verse 11, I just want to remind you of verses 9 and 10 say. Okay, so as we think of the mission, the Lord's mission. So verse 9 says this, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. You see, we're supposed to join in what the Lord is already doing and be these people that share verses 9 and 10 people and see people do verses 9 and 10 to confess and to repent and profess their faith in the Lord. And so as we look at these verses 11 to 15, we see that those who are saved, man, those people have heard the gospel. They've, they've humbled themselves and they said, Jesus, I need you. I need to be saved. And those who are saved, they are sent. So those who are saved must be sent. And that's why all the time I say, man, you are sent to your home, to your job, to your communities, to your state, to your country, to the world, because those who are saved must be sent. And then those who are sent must share. So if you're someone who is sent, man, you must share because what's so fascinating to me is that because of God's power and wisdom, like in all of his power and wisdom, he has chosen to speak his truth through us. He, he has chosen to use us to tell people about the very one who saved us. Like he's the one who looked at us and said, man, I need you to tell someone what I've done in your life. And I'm like, God, you're much better at it. Like, why, why don't you do it? He's like, no, 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 like I want you to do it. And so those who are sent must also share and communicate firsthand the good news of what God has done and what Jesus has done in your life. So those who are saved must be sent. Those who are sent must share. And then those who hear, man, they must humble themselves. Those who hear must humble themselves and believe. And, and man, that's where we see salvation. And you see, whenever we read this, again, we see that those who repent of their sins and confess Jesus as Lord and truly believe that he raised from the dead, Man, that humbling of ourselves is like the best humbling experience ever. To say like, Lord Jesus, like you are the one. And so all the time we say here that at the Mission Church, like we are not saved just to like take a seat here. We are saved to be sent. We are saved to be used by God. We are saved to be able to participate in his ministry, in his kingdom, in his work of, of saving the lost, of saving those who are corrupt. 
Because God wants to restore, man, that relationship with humanity. And, and God is looking at us and saying, man, I, I, I want you to work with me. Man, I want you to see this as a lifelong thing and share people and share uh, to people about the amazing grace and the amazing news of who I am and what I've done. But here's the important thing right here. Do it no matter where you are. No matter where you are, that's what we're supposed to do. Which kind of leads us to the second point, is that we are to live on mission here, there, and everywhere. We are to live on mission here, there, and everywhere. You see, this brings me back to, you know, how beautiful are the feet. And so if you think about, you know, where am I supposed to do missions? Well, wherever your foot lands. And you see, I, I know a lot of us like to get our steps in. And so as you get your steps in, that's where we're on mission. As you look at your Apple Watch or your Fitbit, whatever you use to track your steps, as you get your steps in and share the gospel, make disciples, as you get your steps in, let's be the people who are sent and who share so that people can hear and, and humble themselves before the Lord. Because you've experienced how Jesus is the only one who can satisfy your soul. Jesus is the only one who can bring comfort in those moments that you don't know what to do. But we are to do that no matter where we go. And so here at the Mission Church, we do missions in all kinds of ways. And I can give you all kinds of ways in which we do it. But today I want to focus on how we do it through Compassion International. And so what's just amazing is that today uh, we get to hear from someone who has been so impacted by the ministry of Compassion International. And so what I want to do is I just want to welcome Edgar uh, to the stage. Um, so if you'll help me welcome Edgar to the stage, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to have uh, Edgar um, just answer some questions. And, and I just want to have a conversation with you uh, because I want people to know who you are and who Compassion International is and just help us get a good picture of that. And so really, man, just tell us about who you are and your life, man. Just tell us. Yeah, about absolutely. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me and giving me this opportunity. So I was born to a single teenage mother in a rural area of the Dominican Republic where they have primarily the sugar cane fields. And my mother wanted to pursue a better opportunity for both of us and escape from that extreme poverty we were facing in that rural area. She wanted something better for her son and thought that moving to the big city, Santo Domingo, will open new doors for us. And I remember, I think when I was about three, uh, the vague memories I have is we showed up to the big city but nobody was expecting us because nobody invited us there. So we just uh, unexpectedly showed up. And what happened is we were bouncing from place to place, crashing at distant relatives, acquaintances, uh, some friends of our family. And in some cases for as long as several weeks or as short as just overnight or whatever, they would let us stay. And, and essentially we were homeless for our first uh, year in the big city oh wow uh, and then my mother will do our jobs uh, cleaning houses and, and doing chores in exchange for us staying at those places and for some food but eventually she finally found uh, a little place for us to stay that we call home and i think we may even have a photo of what was our neighborhood and what we were happy that we finally had a there we go. That was our initial neighborhood. So that's where you lived when you're how old again? I was four when okay. we moved over there. So that's 
where the poorest of the poor lived in the slums of Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. And Metal Roof, our front yard was a polluted river. The backyard was the city dump. Uh, but we were happy to have something we could call home. Although it flooded anytime it rained and the metal roof would leak all the time. And, and that brought additional challenges for my mother. As, as bad as that looks, she still had to pay rent for that. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Yes, and fast forward a year of that, and I'm now five years old, and I'm ready ready to be enrolled in elementary school. Uh, and she connect, reconnected with my father, who I have not seen in my life up until that moment, uh, and she asked for some financial support, and my father offered a few coins, and she said, well, this isn't going to be enough. We need more for school registration, supplies, um, books, backpacks, and that kind of thing. And he's, my father said, well, I thought that school was just about a notepad and a pencil, and if it takes any more than that, then let him grow up to be illiterate. He won't be the first nor the last one. Wow. Yes, let that sink in. And that frustrated my mother to know that my father didn't think that an education was valuable. But it only motivated her even more, and she was determined to find something better for her son. And she learned about a local church not too far away from our neighborhood that partnered with this international ministry called Compassion. Oh, wow. And we went to that church where they took a photo of me, had us fill out an application, and we may even have that photo to show that was yes that oh, was nice so is that you at five yes that was look me at, at you five. a lot has changed since then. <laughs> <laughs> but yes um that, did you have any idea why they took the photo to make it my profile photo okay there you go yeah yes uh, so to print that in a package like the ones that we will be showing out there uh and then have my story there and hopefully somebody will sponsor me and about a month later, we received the good news that in a Compassion Sunday event, just like this one in Florida, mm. uh, um, God-fearing man picked up my packet and decided to partner with Compassion to release me from poverty. Wow. And that marked my journey of not only being released from poverty, but also my walk with Christ. Mm. Mm. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So you said a month later you received the news. <laughs> Give us just a short summary between that moment and now about how this compassion sponsorship just absolutely changed your life. Just a short summary. I know that's a lot of years, but <laughs> yes. just, just a short summary of how that changed your life. I, I'll come up sure. Uh, to give you that, and, and you could never even guess it, uh, but a short summary, it did it in so many different ways, but a short summary would be, number one, it prevented me from being forced into child labor. Wow. That was the big thing in Dominican Republic, and quite frankly, Latin America and all third world countries is still a pretty big deal. So, and we may have some photos of what that looks like there that we can share. So my neighborhood, kids went to the city dump 
to dig up metal, scrap metal, or whatever they could find to be resold, in some cases even food. And the sad part was that many of them didn't come back at the end of the day because they got run over by those bulldozers or oh, other wow. equipment. Or even worse, if they found a precious possession, gold or something like that, they got assaulted by another adult to take it away. So yeah. that wasn't my case because of the compassion sponsorship. I was placed in the safety of the, the center and I was receiving an education. I was learning about God. I was mm. receiving nourishment and all of that. So that's number one. Number two, it prepared me to successfully graduate from high school by giving me all the supplies and, and, and medical care uh, and emotional care that I needed and set the path for me to become the first one in my family to ever attend and graduate from college. Wow, no way. Yes, absolutely. Wow. And number three, having a college education opened doors for me uh, to work in multinational corporations in the Dominican Republic and to eventually uh, receive an offer to come and work here for several Fortune 100 companies in the United States. Wow. Which significantly improved the living conditions of not only me and my family and future generation, but also my relatives uh, and many other people that I was able to be generous to. Wow. And number four, this is the last one, most important one of all. He brought the gospel to me uh, and to my family. Uh, the other three would have been meaningless without this one. As a result of it, yeah. we're all saved. Not only me, but my mother, grandmother, many of my aunts, cousins, neighbors, friends, and even my father, who eventually no reconnected way. with my mother and I and asked for forgiveness. He became a believer as well. And <laughs> today, awesome. he is an elder at his church, fully dedicated to the ministry. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm just, I'm going to let that one sink in real quick. That's huge. That's huge. Like everything you just said, because what you're talking about is a Compassion International sponsor <laughs> sponsored you and it has now affected generations upon generations in your family, not just physically, Correct. but eternally. Correct. Wow. Never my sponsor thought that he will be fulfilling the Great Commission in such a big way that wow. sponsoring one child will translate into dozens and yeah. dozens of more people. It's yeah. a domino effect yeah. accepting Christ. Yeah. So tell us more about this sponsor. Like, were you able, able to connect with him or her? Like, just tell us about that. I don't know. In my early and teenage years, he had the most positive influence in me, and that was through letters. He wrote me letters encouraging me. Um, are, those, are those some of those letters? Yes, those are some <laughs> of the letters. Awesome. Uh, telling me how much God loved me and what a great plan he had for me and asking me not to let the circumstances define who I was, but just to trust that God had a great plan for me. And he was the first one to ever tell me, I love you. And I'm sure that I didn't wow. give that expression, not because my mother didn't love me before, but she was just so preoccupied, hyper-consumed by her desire to provide for me. And hearing this from my sponsor felt initially awkward, but eventually it felt good. So we developed a very strong connection via letters. He wow. discipled me, mentored me via letters. And uh, I... 
graduated from the program, went on to college to start a career, to start a family, relocated to the U.S. And then it became my mission to find this gentleman that allowed God through compassion to use him as a tool to release me from poverty and enable the gospel to reach me. And I wanted to find him, to thank him. And I spent over 15 years looking for him and I couldn't find him. And while, when I thought that maybe he's with the Lord now, I can't find him. I always wanted to remember him. My wife was expecting our youngest son. And I said, why don't we name him after my sponsor to honor him? And I always oh, have a way man. to remember him. My wife accepted. Oh, that's but, awesome. <laughs> yes, totally. But the Lord was not done yet. So while I didn't put the intensity that I did initially, I will still do some efforts to see if, if mm. I could find anything. And eventually I did. And back in uh, 2019, finally in Florida, I found him. And we have a photo of that. Oh, man. Uh, when we finally oh, met. Oh, look at that. <laughs> that was one of the happiest days of my life there uh, when I was able to lay eyes on the guy that believed he could be a missionary to me from here and, and give him a big hug and tell him thank you, and tell him I love you. Uh, and we have been inseparable since then. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, so you can Just see. look at that picture, man. That's amazing. Yes, that was in the Alamo, the bottom one. Uh, some of the other ones have been in Florida. We've been in many places. And in a couple of weeks from now, we're going to be in Jacksonville in Clearwater. We're going to catch a, um, a college football game over there nice. and then go to the beach and do something together. But, yes, we're inseparable now. It's been amazing, an amazing blessing in my life. Wow, that's huge. So you talked about naming your first kid after him. And so my, my, my youngest one, your youngest one. Yes. Okay. After him. So tell me more about your family and I'd love to know the name. Like, just tell me more about what life is like right now for yes. you. Well, God has blessed me in many ways abundantly, starting with my family. We are off to a great start. Mm. We have five children already. Oh, that's awesome, man. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, we have that's to grow five it. more than I have right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to grow the church. <laughs> there's, and, there's different ways to grow the church, man. There, there, that's and true. That's totally a controllable <laughs> way for us to grow the church. <laughs> yes, uh, so we have Naomi, uh, she's 20, Nicole, she's 17, Alex is 16, and we have Sarah, who is six, and we have little David, who hmm. is four. And my wife, Fatima, she is here, but she is with the two youngest one now. She'll be joining us later on today. They are uh, the greatest blessing that God has given me. On the professional side, never thought that a fatherless kid from the slums of Santo Domingo could ever become a senior manager for one of the largest financial institutions in the United States where I have seen, I have been responsible wow. for leading technology projects in the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, and responsible for a lot of the cybersecurity components of our company, making wow. sure that uh, <laughs> information doesn't get stolen from our company. Yeah. Never thought that I could become that level of leader. But in one of the greatest blessings that God has given me is now the ability to give back. Mm. I sponsor five children myself, and I believe we have a photo of that. 
And huge. it is a feeling that I cannot even describe to you. First, being on that other side of the equation where yeah. I was receiving those letters. Uh, and now, do we have that photo? Maybe, yeah, a couple photos down from here. Uh, yes, I, I serve compassion a lot in different events like this one and volunteering. And even with my sponsor, he joins me from time to time to do this. My family, the children, wife, we're all involved all the way in it. And maybe the next one. Yes, there oh, we go. There you go. So those are the five children that I sponsored today. As I was saying, I can't describe the feeling of being on the other side of the question where I now get to write those letters where it is very possible that this is the first time they're hearing, I love you, and I know what the outcome of this is going to be. Uh, three of them are in my native Dominican Republic, and of course, I'll be biased about that. <laughs> it's okay, man. That's, That's okay. okay, right? That's okay. <laughs> another one is in El Salvador, and another one is in Haiti. And I received letters from them with that much love. And if I thought that being a sponsored child was a blessing, now receiving their letters, it seems like it's an even greater blessing to now be able to sponsor these children. Yeah. I, I could have not ever dreamed or even imagined about the wonderful life that God has given me wow. as a result of this sponsorship. Wow, that's amazing. I love being able to see uh, the kids that you sponsor because it is a full circle moment, um, and that's amazing. Yes, and, and, and as a testimony of this, I know that this will produce great fruits for the, for the kingdom of God. I know that they're believers already, and compassion every hour brings 15 children to know Christ. That's wow. Every hour. Every hour. Yes. And this will have a domino effect. Eventually, if their families are not, they'll eventually become believers as well, very likely. And they will impact their community. They will serve God. And that's why this program is so important. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the domino effect that it has for yeah. the kingdom. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm processing even while I'm up here, everything that you're saying. And I really just have one more question for you. What encouragement um, or even challenge would you have for us here today? Um, is there any kind of closing thoughts or any thoughts that you're, you're like, man, I really want to make sure I say this uh, to us because we're hearing everything that you're saying and it's so real for you. So I don't know, what is some closing thoughts that you might have? This is a great way to fulfill the Great Commission. You talk about mission, this is an excellent way to, to do mission. You may not have the ability to one day go to Nicaragua or the Dominican Republic or anywhere else, but you have the ability to impact those communities and enable the gospel to be over there. Yeah. You may not go there and preach to someone face to face, but you can certainly disciple a child who eventually is going to pass that on to their own family. And I stand in front of you today as a testimony that a compassion sponsorship works. It did for me exactly what it intended to do and even more. It released me from poverty and it brought the gospel to me. Yeah. It prepared me to be a follower of Christ and to produce fruits for the labor. Wow. So my prayer today is that after you have seen what happens in the life of a child, those that have already been sponsored by your church that you decide to accept God's calling for you to 
be a missionary in, Guara, uh, in Nicaragua and to sponsor a child and to make disciples over there. Thank you, wow. Pastor Misael. No, this has Thank been great. You. I have enjoyed my time over here. Yeah. Thank you all for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony, oh, and God bless you all. Yes, let's go. Hey, Edgar, if you'll stay right here, man, I'd love to just pray for you. Absolutely. I'd love to just pray for you. And that's, and that's the way that we'll end today. Um, I'd love to just pray for you and your family and, and just pray for um, our church, that we would be a church that lives sent, that we are not saved just to take a seat, but to be sent. And so, man, let's go ahead and pray together for Edgar and for us. Lord, right now we, we come before you so humbled of being able to listen to the testimony of Edgar, to listen to what you've done in his life personally, but also in his parents and his grandparents and his uncles and his aunts, his children. Lord, it's amazing to see how you work through the faithfulness of one person and how you work through the faithfulness of, of being people who give, give of our time, give our resources, give of all of who we are. God, I pray that Edgar's testimony would be one that inspires us from within, that challenges us to be the people who are not complacent, to be the people who are not okay with just sitting and doing nothing, but people who want to do something and participate in the mission and the great commission of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, I pray that Edgar and his family would continue to be faithful and live in faithfulness to you. Lord, I pray that they would continue to find blessing as they walk in the way um, that you have provided for them. Lord, I pray that you would be um, so clear in your direction for each one of their children. And God, we pray for the children that he sponsors. God, that they would be the children who one day get to stand on a stage like this or somewhere else uh, to share the testimony and, and that Edgar would be there um, and be able to say, yeah, I was one of them once and, and now I'm here. And God, we thank you so much for David, this man in Florida who so intentionally was like, you know what? I'm gonna participate in the mission, God's mission by sponsoring Edgar. God, we praise you for how there's so many ways to participate in your ministry. We are so thankful. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.